Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Deanna Minnick. Welcome to the Color Can Heal Your Life podcast, where we explore how you can get some more color, creativity, and healing in your everyday life. We get to look at the spectrum of eating, living, feeling, and creating that you're all about. So let's dive into the inspiration and information rainbow that awaits us. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Deanna Minnick. Welcome to this Color Can Heal Your Life podcast episode in which I'm interviewing Andrea Longden. Andrea is a yoga practitioner and she's been doing yoga for a couple of decades now and most recently became a certified food and spirit practitioner. I asked her to be on the show because she has had a phenomenal experience using color, using food and spirit, using whole detox to heal. And when I speak of healing, it's really in a broad spectrum way. So it's really looking at the whole self. So what you're going to hear in this conversation is her thoughts on healing, on color, on body image, on one's relationship with food, and even what I would call the yoga of a smoothie. So here we go. Listen on in and enjoy. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Deanna Minnick. Welcome to the Color Can Heal Your Life podcast. Today, I am interviewing somebody who I know rather well. She's she's really a gem, and I've, I've known her for the past couple of years. She's had some pretty transformative life experiences, and I'd love for her to talk about those on this show. So welcome, Andrea. Hello there. Great to meet everybody, speak to everybody. Yeah, it's wonderful to have you. I, I really wish that everybody had the opportunity to meet you in person. I know that I had this this chance and, and did so a couple of years ago uh, in London. And it was great to share a meal with you and to really see you in the flesh and talk with you about all the things that you experienced through your life. So before we get started, I want to ask you the question that I ask everybody on the show, and that is, what is your favorite color? At least for right now. (laughs) It's green. It's always been green, actually. Green. And is there a certain green that you would say, or is it all green? All greens. All greens. So spring green, grass green, emerald green, pine green, the whole spectrum of green. Yes, the full spectrum of greens. Yes, I've got green in most every room. Always be my favourite colour, sorry. When when do you think you realised that you liked green so much? Was there a certain time that you just realised that, my goodness, everything about me is green. I like to have things in my home that are green. Was there a certain turning point for you or was it just as long as, as you can remember? I think it was when I first got my first home around about 30 years ago. You know, you're doing your soft furnishings and buying things. I just picked all green things. (laughs) Do you wear a lot of green clothing? Um, I do, yes. I do pick green clothing, yeah. Green and red. I have a lot of red clothes as well. Ah, And you do have red hair, reddish hair. So isn't that interesting? Yeah. 
Great. So, you know, it's interesting because I just interviewed a couple of other people not too long ago, and they also like green. And it seems like green to me is the color of healers. It's the color of the heart. And so maybe that says something about you specifically. So, Andrea, what did... What, tell us something about you. You know, we, we're all noticing, too, that uh, you have an accent, or at least if you're an American, you have an accent. If you're from the UK, you don't have an accent, and I have an accent. So tell us more about your life and where you you grew up, and, and, and really tell give us kind of that window into your healing journey. Okay, so I, I grew up in Sheffield, which is like a northern part of, of the UK. So my accent is, is very northern. So I don't speak like um, most people speak in London or, or, or what you'd probably think a normal sort of uh, UK accent is. It's a little bit more um, common, as some people would say. But anyway, um, so I've been sort of teaching yoga and and holistic therapies now for around about 20 plus years um all my life i've always been big um it's something that i've always battled with um the weight issue even though i taught uh, you know the holistics and and the therapies i was still big i was over um a uk size 32 i'm not sure what that is in in us mm-hmm. yeah i i'm not sure i'm not sure um but i always sort of you know really really big um i didn't i tried not to let it bother me or, or maybe i used to pretend it didn't bother me but it really did mm-hmm. and i tried lots of things and i think even though you know, you're in holistics and you're in health and I've done lots of nutrition, even weight management uh, diplomas. It's still, it, it was still there. And, and, and I think it was because until I came across yourself, um, I don't think anybody had, had ever sort of looked at it from a point of view as colour for one, um, utilising colour, but also uh, looking at the, the real reason. And I think utilising the, the seven systems of health, using all the colours, and looking at the reasons behind why, what, ifs and buts, and then looking at the different food sources and then the other emotions that are attached to that, that's something that, that's that's actually really changed not only um, my size and shape, but the way... Well, everything, the way I teach yoga is now different. Hmm. The way I teach my therapies is different. Everything really is different. And it's all, well, it's all down to you. Thank you very much for, for your, for your um, seven systems of health, because they really, really have made such a difference in my life. And I can't thank you enough. You know, I'm your, I'm your biggest fan. (laughs) Well, and I'm your biggest fan, uh, because you really have put the seven systems of health into motion and have had such a transformative experience, you know, and in, in witnessing that. Uh, but I'm curious, you know, I, I'm curious about yoga, because you and I have that in common. We're both yoga teachers. We like the discipline and science and practice of yoga. How did you first get even into yoga or even into holistic health was there some type of draw or something that you know you were introduced to it by a friend or or how did that even happen I'm just curious about the yoga piece I first started with 
fitness um you know just wanted to get really fit and healthy so I, st- I started off um training to, to be a fitness instructor and I was still huge then and it wasn't until um by default I ended up um at a, a fitness convention that that was there was yoga there I, I actually took part in the yoga and, th- and just thought wow this has just blown me away it's mm. amazing and I think that opened up all the holistics and, and the, the way of looking at your body different and feeling different and just all the you know all the, the stuff that comes with yoga that the sort of life skills that you get with yoga that you don't get with anything else and I think that's really was that was the big turning point um to to me getting into all the holistic health and, and wellness you know, that, that is such a great point because uh, even the word yoga, meaning yoke, union between body, mind, soul, spirit, emotions, it's almost like it is the interface. You know, it, it does really change one's awareness. I'm sure you've had that experience where, yeah, just everything about one's life changes when you start doing yoga. It certainly does because it's a way of it's a way of just sort of looking at yourself in you know it's the way that you can just just be by yourself for yourself it's just about you and i don't think any much of anything else is like that you know although it's you know you can do it in a tribal um sense if you like i do do tribal classes you know small group classes it's still about individuality um, you know, and about your own creativity within doing your own, doing the things in your own way, moving in your own way. I don't really think there's much else that's like that. Yeah, and and you know, maybe there are these peripheral therapies, and you know, maybe it's one's experience of something that really gives it, uh, you know, that meaning and context. And maybe for some of us more than others, yoga and maybe some of these other disciplines takes on much more reverence. And, you know, it, it really can change us in, in other ways. I'm kind of curious, too. You mentioned a couple of times when you were talking about your body. You know, you, you had said the word that you were big and that initially, you know, you just didn't really let it get to you or maybe you didn't um, focus on it. I'm kind of curious and I'd love to talk with you about this because there are so many women and there are also men who really struggle with body image. And, you know, I, I think that there are lots of different views of how we feel in our bodies, you know, what is really important when we're in that place of centeredness within, in that place of presence. And, and I'm just curious, you, you really exude to me anyway, this sense of confidence, this sense of being present in your body. You know, the body is sacred. So I'm kind of curious if you have some thoughts about that, just in in light of you working with clients and working with other people, do they struggle with things like their bodies, loving themselves, like loving their own bodies, having this vision of their body as a temple? The biggest part of my, my client base is all you know, females mainly that, that do have this, this issue, they're struggling with the self-love, the self-confidence, self-esteem. Um, and it's been great to, to do, you know, the, the, the colour work with them to help them with that. And, I, and it's something that I do feel I, I know about because it's something that I live. 
myself, you know, something that, that I've been through that I can understand, I can relate to. Um, but I think from from working with, with the seven systems of health and, and changing the way that I think and feel about um, food and me has given me a greater confidence to be able to, to help other people with this. I mean, I'm still on my journey, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not where I want to be as yet. I've still got places to go. But, you know, I'm still feeling good because I know that I'm, I'm on the right path, you know, and I can still help everyone else get on this path because it's a good path to be on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how will you know when you've arrived? You know, how you said that you're still on this path, you're still on the journey. How do you know? How do you know when you're there? I think, for me, uh, I'm still a little bit too large um, than I should be. You know, I'd, I'd like to, I'm very happy, but I'd still like like to, for, you know, for my whole own health and well-being, I'd like to just um, get down a few more dress sizes. Um, you know, I think if, you, if you're happy and you, you're confident and you are loving yourself and doing all the good you know doing all, all the, the the right things then it will happen but it'll be a, a slow journey but it'll be a joyous journey and I think it has to be you know there it shouldn't be something that's um that you're not happy until you get somewhere it, mm-hmm. it's about being happy whilst you're getting there that's a really good point that uh, so much is in the actual journey itself rather than in that final point. I'm kind of curious, you know, I, I've been sensing lately that, you know, is it so much about health or is it really our sense of well-being and happiness that people are after? You know, what, what do you think that when you see clients as a yoga practitioner and a teacher and certified food and spirit practitioner, all the many things that you do, what, what do you think that most people are striving for ultimately? I think it really is more that the health and, and um, rather than the health itself, it's more about the happiness and well-being. I, I have really noticed that shift. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hadn't noticed it until you just mentioned that, actually. But but it really is. It's it is, it is that they're striving to be really happy and to have that sort of feeling of well being. Um, no one, when I think about it. Now you've mentioned it. No one actually does um, speak about the health, as in, um, you know, the 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 diabetes, the. Um, the, the stress, all that sort of stuff that, that, that most people are worried about. It is that people, you know, are looking for that happiness. Mm-hmm. And they feel like they're thriving and having all the elements for that. Yes, yes. And so I, I kind of feel like that too. I feel like they are looking to thrive. Just the, I like that word that you chose. They're, they're wanting to thrive. They're, it's beyond surviving. It's thriving. They really are looking for that sense of waking up without bodily pain, but then also in their minds, really being set with who they are and really feeling like they're living their life's work, their life's path, their life's calling. So fascinating. You know, talk more about uh, food too. How does food, you know, being that you're connecting into yoga as you are, I know that within the yogic 
practice and the various disciplines, there are different orientations on eating. Maybe you can talk a little bit more about your your relationship with food, especially since, of course, you're connected into the food and spirit tribe. <laughs> and that we could we could venture into the terrain of talking about food and uh, your relationship with food and eating. How would you describe it? I'm a comfort eater. Um, I still am. It's still something that I have to work on. Um, I, I eat when I'm happy, eat when I'm sad. You know, it's just, I just like food as a comfort blanket. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's really, I've had to go deep within using the, the seven systems of health and the colours and, and, you know, your methodology to find out why that is. Why, why do I do that? Uh, and really that's that's been you know the turning point is is to to know that it's just a protection you know of of, of something that that I need to work on and you know I, I still I still have this sort of um, need to eat for comfort but what I try to do now is comfort eat on the things that I know are going to be uh, more nourishing because it's all about nourishing you nourishing our whole self mm-hmm. so so I try to comfort you on on different colours, choose different colours, you know, mm-hmm. things like carrots, raw carrots, choose something like that or fruit or things that I know that are going to nourish me so that when I've eaten them, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm going to still be comforted, but I know that I've done something that's going to have um, a good effect upon me. You know, because it's, mm-hmm. it's going to that's going to give me some nutrients as well. You know, although sometimes I probably eat more than I should, but it's still I still know that it's nutrients. You know, it's nutrient dense food that I've chosen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's it, that that makes sense, right? It's it's um, a give and take. You know, we I much like you. Um, really do love food. I love the textures, the taste, the whole sensory experience of food. I like how food feels when it's inside of of me and kind of the, the lasting effects that it has. And so, yeah, I think what I'm picking up from what you're saying is that you're choosing with with the idea of nourishment in mind that, yeah, you know, I, the connection with food can be there. Now you have really... Um, I would say, you know, a, a beeline right into knowing what is nourishing. And it sounds like colors may be your guide. You know, I'm curious how you eat the colors on a daily basis. You know, is that something that you embrace yourself and also talk with clients about? I mean, as I know that this whole show is about colors, and I'm going to ask you a little bit more about the seven systems because not everybody listening knows what that's about <laughs> but maybe you could talk just maybe high level about your relationship with with colors and and eating certain colors of food well what, what i consciously try and do is to sort of get all the colors every day if i can um some days it's not always as easy to do that but i always start my day off with a smoothie and when you have a smoothie, uh, which is something that I did uh, when I first started doing the whole detox and um, the food and spirit, and I think with a smoothie, you can actually 
pack most of your colours into that one meal anyway. Um, you can get lots of your nutrients and it's a really excellent start. So I always do that. And depending on what I haven't had colour-wise in the smoothie, I will kind of make sure that I get those colours within the rest of the day, within the other meals. So I've generally... 90% of the time I've had the, the full spectrum of the colours and I, and I do think that that's, that is important you know not only for, for, for the phytonutrients but for the whole sort of um, sort of psychological core issues of it all as well um, as we know like for the food and spirit um, you know we look to the, the, the red foods as, as sort of the roots and you know and feeling safe <laughs> and the orange ones for our creativity and emotions and the yellow ones for our energy and green ones for, you know, compassion and love and the sort of um, sea blue ones are our, being authentic to ourselves. I don't know why I'm telling you all this because you already know. <laughs> no, well, I think it's good for everybody to hear this, of course. Well, and, and I'm curious about your smoothie, you know, uh, so many people like to do smoothies, depending, of course, on what they have access to and time of year and how they feel in the morning and all of those things. But um, so what you're saying is let's pack it in as much as possible into that smoothie. And then whatever gaps you have from that point on, you're able to course correct, shape shift and, and weave those in. What Do you have a favorite smoothie? I know for my dad, he likes green he has this thing with green smoothies but how about for you is there a certain smoothie combination that you feel like you keep coming back to that maybe you can share with with everybody listening i kind of like the the red ones um fruit, fruity sweet red ones really mm -hmm. um i do have green green ones sometimes but generally i i tend to have the red one it's got lots of berries it has got the, the purples in as well so i've got the inside in there um within the berries but you know I, I like a banana base avocado mm. um berries um nuts um chai seeds um pea protein uh, I, I like the coconut water base mm. as well um and i usually have black seeds and things like that in as well maca powder sometimes different different um supplements depending on on what i I feel, yeah. Oh, what I need, you know, what my needs are. Um, that's generally my favourite one. Do you tend to put uh, some kind of um, protein in it, or is it mainly the fruits and vegetables? No consolidated, uh, isolated protein of any type, like nuts or seeds. Yeah, nuts. nuts and seeds, yeah. Chai seeds, nuts. Always put nuts in Dif different ones. I try to go for different nuts. Um, of, of all different varieties, macadamias, um, Brazils, um, mm. you know, almonds, all, all different ones really, depending. I try and mix them up. I always have the pea protein as well. I use, I use pea protein powder, organic variety. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes um, put oranges and satsumas in as well, so I've got orange covered. <laughs> oh, wow. That's terrific. And, and, you know, it sounds like with you getting the red and especially the purple with the berries, you're covering some of the, the colors that are least eaten throughout the day, especially the blue-purple color. So if you can get that in, in the morning, it sounds like, you know, then at least you've got that one checked off. <laughs> That's great. That's so, 
How about for the, the, is there a way that you also even eat your meals too? I know that you're a very meditative, very intentional person with a sense of sacred ritual. And I'm just curious, do you have something special that you do when you're eating or some, some aspect of intentionality that you bring to your meals? I like to um, taste, chew and have gratitude uh, when I'm eating. I think that that's really important. And I do have an, I did have an issue and I still, I'm still working with that. I eat a little bit too quickly. So that's <laughs> something that, that I'm working on to, to really slow and savor. I do that so, too. I do that. <laughs> I, I mean, sometimes it's so hard, you know, you're going from one place to the next. It's like you have certain things in your car or with you when you're traveling. But I think that that is so common. I'm sure you see that in clients. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yes, you do. I think sometimes you, you eat things subconsciously, like grapes. You can just say eat grapes and forget you've eaten them. Mm-hmm. Because they're just, you know, finger fruits, as I call them. Um, and then you think, oh, where have they all gone? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it just happens kind of automatically. Do you, um, so do you, so you said gratitude, this expression of gratitude. Do you um, actually verbalize anything? Or if you're eating out, do you still have that sense of gratitude? Or how do you, how do you do that if you're on the run on a particular day? Are there certain things that you always do, no matter where you're at? I I intentionally internalize a, a sense of gratitude because depending on where you are, or, you know, you can't always verbalize it. So I do, I do do it internal. Yes, I give gratitude for what I'm eating and where it's come from. Um, so I kind of have a, a little moment. No one knows you're doing it when you're with unlike-minded people that don't quite get it. Um, I still do that within, so it's it's personal to me. And then I think when you've taken the time to do that, when you, when you've had that expression within, then the the taste you tend to slow down your eating anyway, and it tastes. Um, I think that it just seems to taste better. It's it's just I don't know. It's a psychological thing, or, or whether it, whether or not it is. Because you're genuinely, you know, feeling mm-hmm. that gratitude. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've had that feeling as well where I'm going slow. And when you're completely present and really centered in that moment, it's almost like all of your senses are really turned on. Whereas if you're on the computer, if you're driving or at a meeting and you're trying to eat, it's like part of you isn't there. Part of you is occupied, you know. So it's it, I can completely see that. Andrea, I'm curious too about your clients. You know, you being a, a health practitioner, what are some of the biggest complaints that you're seeing? Like, what do people want to work with you on specifically? Why? What makes them come and seek you out to help guide them down their healing path? What are some things that they come to you for? I've got um, quite a few clients that, the people that come to me for this sort of food and spirit work are generally um, women are, that are going through menopausal issues, um, weight weight issues, um, confidence issues. Um, in my other therapies, it's usually stress. Mm. <laughs> stress is the big 
stress and anxiety are, are one of the biggest things, um, and sometimes pain. Hmm. But with the with the food and spirit, I, I think you know it, it's because that they're attracted to come to me because it's something that I've lived myself and I still live myself. So I've got an insight into it. You know, not everybody has the insight into what it actually really does feel like to, to not have confidence and, you know, to not have self-esteem and to just feel not very good about yourself. Yeah. You know, I've sort of lived it. Mm-hmm. So, and I really do think that that makes a big difference. How do you even start with somebody who has low self-esteem or low confidence? I mean, where do you begin with somebody like that? Well, we, we usually map out this the story and, and try to find out where that's come from, which it usually becomes very apparent when you start, you know, talking about life and, you know, the life that they lead and, and um, what's happened in the past. I mean, uh, in our fantastic toolkit, we do have a lifeline um, where we can go into, you know, people's sort of, you know, backgrounds and... and people just tend to open up I find you know if, if you if we ha- you have that really sort of empathic therapeutic encounter uh, then I find that the clients will really open up and then when they open up um, and you write down the keywords it's so easy to to see what it is that that, that is creating uh, you know this sort of low self-esteem issue um, you can usually pinpoint it mm-hmm. and are there certain things that you find in people's backgrounds within their lives that seem to be at the culprit and really at the the root of how they got to where they are are there some common things there or is it different for everybody maybe i think it's different for everybody i've not come across lots of common things it's generally um very different in all different people it, it, you know in all my clients really I think you know it's a, a personal journey um yeah I think, it, I think it's a personal one yeah yeah and that's that's so you know for this day and age uh, I think what we're finding is that there needs to be a personalized approach to to everything to whether it's physical activity how we eat how we sleep how we uh, breathe even, how we're mindful, you know, there's just, this is the age of really looking at the essence of and of one. And so I love it that you use the, the timeline that we do talk about in Food and Spirit and uh, allow people to tell their story because, um, you know, I was just listening to to a TED Talk and it was, actually it was TED Radio Hour and it was all about listening and dialogue and listening and talking and you know most people really the healing begins when we listen versus have to give them so many different things to do and you know oftentimes that's just distracting them from really getting into the heart of where they need to go I, I agree. Yeah, I, I think you know if you if you give them the, the right surroundings and, and you you are you know you're open and, and honest, then clients will be open and honest back, and they will they will tell you, and they will open up, and, and then you can you, you you can map down pretty easy what the issue is, and then start to personalize um, a resolve that that will help them. 
Yeah, and, and you know, you just mentioned one really core basic element of the therapeutic encounter, which is trust. If we are trusting and trustworthy and uh, open ourselves up authentically, many times we can expect that in return. And it really does, it's like the floodgate opens when we're in that space with each other. Andrea, it's been so nice to talk with you. You know, again, um, the, the personal, professional transformation that you've had in, in health and body and spirit, it's, um, again, it's, it's been great to witness that throughout these years. Because you've actually been through this place yourself, what might be some something that you would want people to take away? Like if, if you just had a couple of minutes with somebody on a, on a train or in an elevator or on the bus or in a car ride, uh, you know, what would be the most salient pieces of your journey that you'd want to impart to somebody else? I would um, tell them that you are enough. Um, as you are, you are enough. Take some time to to understand to understand that and take that on board that you are enough. Be, you know, take back your power and be you, and feel feel that being empowered will give you will help you with um, lifestyle choices. And um, and I, I would really um, also tell people to buy your book. <laughs> 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 I would tell them to to have a consultation with you. <laughs> you know, I, you know. I think I think you have to you have to feel you enough. I think that is the the biggest the biggest thing, really, because you know, I think when you you've got no self esteem and you you've got no confidence, you just don't feel that you're enough. And I know it sounds a simple three words, but it really is empowering to know that um but i definitely would get them um suggest anybody buys um purchases and invests in your whole detox book because that in itself is is a most fantastic piece of work that that can change someone's life it's changed mine um and it's simple it's simple to read and it's simple to use um and it's 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 a lifeline, really. Andrea, thank you so much. Uh, again, it's so wonderful to have you be part of the Food and Spirit community, to have you be a practitioner of this work, to carry on that lineage, to help so many other people. And uh, you are really a woman who sits within her her inner radiant power. And so thank you for bringing that message to so many people out there who are looking for confidence, radiance, self-esteem, really focusing on that fire inside that we talk about within Food and Spirit. How would you like people to contact you if, if they'd like to get in touch? Uh, I don't know if you do virtual consultations. Uh, is there something that you can offer to other people who are listening to this that you'd like to have them get in touch or... Maybe just a website? Yeah, I've got a website. I do do virtual consultations. Um, my website is restorehealth.co.uk. Beautiful. Restorehealth.co.uk. Wonderful. And you do do virtual consults, which is so much needed in this day and age. It, it really gives 
more people access to you. So I'm glad to hear that. Well, wonderful. Again, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you for sharing your wisdom, your experience, your grace. And I look forward to seeing you in our community. Take care. Thank you for asking me. Thank you.